everyone, welcome to Let's Talk Crypto. I'm Brittany, your host, and if you're interested in all things crypto, tech and finance, then this is the podcast for you. We're going to be exploring all things NFTs and Web3 and explore two platforms that Gubs has created in order for people to enjoy and learn about the metaverse. I won't give too much away as we're going to find out all about it in just a moment. And before we begin, I'd like to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Talisman. Basically, what they are is they're a crypto web wallet that unlocks a world of multi-chain Web3 applications and allows you self-custody of your assets on over 150 plus Polkadot on Ethereum networks. What's great about Talisman is that there's no network switching, all your assets are in one place, it's secure, fast, and pretty easy to use. So if you've been looking for a crypto web wallet like this, make sure to head over our page at everybithelps.io and check it out. And without further ado, let's get on with the pod. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We have our fantastic guest, Gerbs, and we're going to be talking all things NFTs, crypto, and other financial stuff. So I'm just going to jump straight in. Could you please introduce yourself? Nice. Yeah, I'm Gerbs. Uh, I'm a developer and an entrepreneur for a long time, long before crypto. Uh, and I've been helping people down the crypto rabbit hole for a long time. I, I got in cryptos in 2013. And I've just been helping people take custody, understand what the hell's going on, and figure out crypto. Um, I have a podcast called BitLift where, where I also help people with that. Oh, fantastic. So many hats. Crypto is a very many hats industry, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Well, it's hard to keep track of. So yeah, we need all these things. So just jumping on the crypto part that you spoke about, how did you start your sort of crypto journey? In 2013, I was, I was trying to figure out e-commerce. I was on an e-commerce kick. And I was, I couldn't believe that the only way to accept money from my customers was to sign up for these credit card processing systems where I had to send them like all the information about me and connect my bank accounts. And I couldn't, I was trying to sell something for like $9 and I didn't have any customers yet, but I already had to like set up all, there was all this overhead to getting paid. And I, I was just like, there must be a better way, right? Like just like literally Googling around, like, how do I get paid on the internet? And I stumbled on Bitcoin just doing that in 2013. And the very first day I read the Bitcoin white paper, it's like you hear that story over and over. But now when people hear about Bitcoin, they don't even read the white paper, which is um, we can get into that. But the very first day I read the white paper, I was totally blown away. And my, I, I stayed in e-commerce and I started like accepting crypto as payment exclusively. Mm. Um, and that was 2013. It was just there was a huge boom in Bitcoin going on at that time. Um, I got in, you know, a little early, but then Bitcoin hit its all time high at $1,200. And it was like, I was so like captivated by it. everything that was happening. Um, and I've been on the roller coaster ever since. Oh, that's quite forward thinking. Cause even when I see establishments taking Bitcoin, crypto, et cetera, as payment, I'm like, wow, you do that? Like, I find it really quite fascinating. So you were quite ahead of the curve with that. Yeah, it's funny. Most companies do it today more as like a marketing stunt than actually yeah. like wanting to accept it as payment. Oh, yeah. Um, but but it'll get there. Eventually, everyone will be taking it. Yeah, I think it will integrate a lot more. And I think the problem is a lot of people are a little bit not frightened of crypto, but maybe a little bit more averse to it just because there's a lot of, well, especially at the minute with the whole FTX thing going on, sure. that people can panic and then worry that they're going to lose all their money, which is a very real fear. But also oh, with yeah. the regular banking industry, that can also be a possibility. But what are your your thoughts on the whole FTX Celsius block fire? Like, what, how did you hang on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it's so hard. Um, you know, I've always been an advocate for self-custody. Like when I got into crypto, none of these companies existed. 
So I had to figure out how to set up a wallet and how to protect it, my keys properly, um, all that stuff from day one. And I really wish people, you know, would do that today. And I try to help people understand how important that is. Um, that being said, you know, these centralized custodians and these these lenders and whatnot, they do make it very easy for people to get into crypto. Connect your bank, click a button, you just bought some Bitcoin. The problem is the people don't withdraw, right? Mm -hmm. So what they don't understand is the Celsiuses and BlockFi's of the world, they're lending out your crypto. If you buy it or if you put it there, they're lending it out. And, you know, this is an age old, you know, um, business practice. Like this is how banks operate. Mm -hmm. um, but crypto is so much more volatile than the industries that bankers um, traditionally lend out to. And I think we're going to just, we're going through some big growing pains of the banking world is clashing with the crypto world and trying to like overlap business models. And crypto was not designed to work this way. You should buy your crypto, hold on to it, take custody of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to let other people do that for you. And that's where we got caught up in, uh, you know, everything that's happened with Celsius, BlockFi, all these guys, it's the same problem over and over. They borrow, or they, they lend out your money, they overexpose themselves and they get, they get caught, especially when the market starts to turn. I know. And it's such a shame because crypto is so much about self-custody and owning your own assets and being in control. And then this kind of goes against everything, which has made crypto unique. And a few people said that they saw yeah. some warning signs and checked sort of their balance sheets and things. Did you notice any warning signs? Did you think this was inevitable or did it come quite as a shock to you? Yeah, you know, I actually, I never paid much attention to FTX in particular. Um, Me I too. couldn't really use it in the US anyway. I was surprised by how huge it got. Um, but it always just seemed like kind of like, SPF always seemed like a Wall Street kind of a guy to me. And that didn't really, or more like a Wall Street trader versus like a Wall Street executive, right? Like, and it I just never made sense to me. I didn't get caught up in that specifically. Um, so I can't say, you know, you, it, these companies are a black box. You can't know what's happening in there. People who said they saw signs, I mean, there may have been a few, but there's also some massive funds and very professional traders that got caught up in this. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think anyone really saw it coming. No, definitely. And I don't feel experience really has anything to do with whether you got burnt by the FTX crash not because I know some very intelligent people who lost quite a lot of money and it's so upsetting for them. But at the same time, I think people take it personally, like, oh, I should have seen this coming. I should have taken out. I should have done this. Whereas, as you said, in re the yeah. reality of things, no one can know. Um, there was only one warning sign that I thought, that's a little weird, is that he did an interview with a very mm. big vlogger and the title was the most generous man on earth. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> anyone who claims themselves yeah. to be like the most generous man on earth is always a bit of a bit of a red flag for me, but that's the I only know. thing. And that was many years ago. So maybe that's just me being yeah, skeptical. That was like his own self branding. What a strange thing to go around saying about yourself. Suspicious, but yeah, yeah. As, as we said before, there's no way to know. So no one can, beat themselves up about it for sure were, were you affected at all or not no not really uh not not by this in particular but you know i was i was pretty big into luna and ust and anchor back when that happened so i definitely learned a lot of lessons uh that it, it relates it was like the d5 version of it and in, in some ways you know um it all came crashing down and it's funny because we may end up finding out that what happened with luna and ust was actually caused by sbf uh 
and FTX. Mm-hmm. Like they, they may have been the ones that broke the peg on UST and caused all that. So, But where no. do you think crypto is kind of going to go from here? Do you think with these semi-corrupt or these corrupt companies kind of being chucked out of the ecosystem, do you think that will give room for like fresh things to come in? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the crypto markets are very cyclical. And every time we go through these big mass, these, these wild bull runs, and then these deep bear runs, and what happens is we, we flush all of those bad actors out of the market. They can't operate in a market that's this bearish, which it is, unfortunately, right now. Um, so, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, I believe we go up from here. Like I said, I've played this cycle a few times now. This will next will be like my fourth cycle I've been through. And until you've seen it happen over and over, it's mm-hmm. really hard to recognize it. It's like an energy that like comes into the market and then leaves again. And yeah. uh, that energy will be back. No, I definitely agree. And I feel like that's like the number one thing that can put people off. And I feel that this cycle has come and gone with nfts because they were very new everyone was so excited the bull run was massive people were making huge projects and minting out and then it all kind of died and then people became very skeptical and there's quite a lot of diversity surrounding nfts and just before we jump into this whole can of worms because i know you're pretty like pretty much an expert on nfts can you explain (laughs) to our listeners what an nft is because there's a lot of variations to this this question. I would never say I'm an expert. I mean, NFTs are <laughs> new. Like if, if, you know, three years ago, the thing hardly existed. So True. to say that anyone's an expert at this point, man, uh, I'm far from it. But go. I do. Yeah, I love to play around with it. I'm learning a lot about it as we go. Um, but to really understand it, you know, NFT is an acronym for a non-fungible token. And the way to think about it is Bitcoin, for example, is a fungible token. If you have one Bitcoin and I have one Bitcoin, we can swap our Bitcoins and we each still both have one Bitcoin worth the same amount of dollars. A non-fungible token means like if you have one chromy squiggle and I have a chromy squiggle and we swap chromy squiggles, well, they're different. They have different properties about them. They have different values. You can't really swap them. So that's the difference between a non-fungible token and a fungible token like Ethereum or Bitcoin. Exactly. I think that's the confusion is people like it's just an image, like what's the point of it? And it's more so the utility that's attached and the value that it has to the owner. I feel it's so layered. It's not just black and white. This is my picture. Right click save, which is always a running joke in the NFT world. So it's a bit of a nerdy. And I do right click save NFTs all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) I've taken a few screenshots in my time. Exactly. Um, do you own any NFTs? I noticed you um, said a Chromie Squiggle before. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Chromie Squiggle. I've been eyeing a Chromie Squiggle for a while now. It's going to happen. Um, I do have some NFTs, but you know, I'm not like a big collector or anything. I think a lot of these people who are huge in the NFT space, that they actually come from like the art collecting world and they know mm. they, 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 they understood that side of it like immediately. Yeah. And that's the part that I'm, I'm still learning a lot about. Um, but with NFTs, I think the biggest misconception and I think it plays into like what my angle on it is too, is that NFTs are more like a new type of, they're a new platform for creators to launch and experiment on. And I'm, I've always fancied myself a creator in some ways, right? Like I, I build companies and I build projects and like, I like to, I like to create things. And that is what's important about what's happening in the Mm -hmm. NFT space. It's a new platform for doing all of this. And what type of JPEG is attached to it? It's almost hardly relevant. It's more about like, how are they building community? What are they doing with the NFTs once you have them? 
Um, exactly. You know, exactly. yeah, and that, that's a lot of fun. Exactly. And that was like my next question for you is a lot of people just see them as an image. They don't understand the utility behind it. Like, could you explain a little bit how yeah. they can be useful or a project you feel, yes, this utility is fantastic. This could be very useful. I see the value in it. Sure. I mean, the easiest one. So um, a type of NFT, for example, is ENS domains. Like we mentioned them for a second. Um, but ENS domain actually is an NFT that you hold in your wallet. So it's mm -hmm. this thing. It has like this extra data attached to it. It's unique to you. That name is unique that you will never – no two ENS domains will ever be the same. And mm -hmm. that's an NFT. And people don't even – if you even know what an ENS domain is, you might not realize it's an NFT. But it mm -hmm. is. And it shows the power of like there's a lot more going on under the hood um, than people think. And you can attach images to it. Like again, I think the images yeah. are cool. But that's not necessarily the point. We're definitely going to dive into that in a minute because that was something totally new. And I've been in the NFT world for quite a while now. Well, considering as NFTs go, um, I thought that mm -hmm. was amazing. But we'll get on to Threeber and all of the amazing stuff you've been doing with ENS. Um, cool, just yeah. so for the people who don't know what an ENS is, essentially, as you said, it's an NFT that you can, yeah. you can create a personal domain, as it were, so that people can type that in and send you money directly through that. I was going to say the Ethereum addresses, you know, it's a long string of gibberish and you can't read it <laughs> off to someone. So, you know, I hold all my NFTs and people send me money to gerbs.eth. It's that simple. Exactly. And I think yeah, me too. crypto has needed something like that. Yeah, I have that. And it was a very like when ENS first started to come out, it was always like a bit of a status symbol. It's like a number plate with a very small number. Like if you had something pretty short and snappy and people were buying up ENS domains and reselling them on and it was getting insane. It was that was during like, the peak of the bull run, I'd say. But I got my ENS domain. Yep. I was very excited. It's hyperr.eth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which, um, thank you. Um, and But the <laughs> problem is when you put it as your Twitter handle, people do send you crap. You do get a lot of rubbish. <laughs> like the amount of like NFTs I've got in my, my like um, just yeah. sort of, you know, the wallet that you use when you mint weird things and you don't yep. want to put anything. Yeah. In that wallet. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> like but anyway um essentially that's what an ens it's domain a, is before i keep going yeah it's um, fun to look up a uh, vitalik.eth and just see like he gets spammed with thousands and thousands of things all day long vitalik.eth just gets totally spammed you, uh, you can look at his account on three bro and just see like the random stuff people are sending him it's kind of wild that's so good actually I had a few more questions about NFTs, but I think we'll come back to them because I'm yeah. itching to ask you about Threever. Can you please explain to us what Threever is and what you've created? Because I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Threever is really just the beginning. You know, when the bear market hit, I was so like burnt out on DeFi stuff and financial stuff. I just wanted to get back to building something fun. And I've, I've been wanting to dive into Web3 and like, what the hell is Web3? Like, what does it mean? And uh, that's what kind of led me to build Threebra. And I really felt like, you know, ENS domains was really like a foundational piece of if we're going to build a new internet, we're going to need domain names for that. So mm -hmm. it kind of started there, which led me to kind of trying to figure out what is IPFS and how maybe decentralized file storage could work on a new decentralized internet. Um, and I just kind of like mashed all these things together and created Threebra. So Threebra is really just this, it's going to be a social network. Right now, it's just these kind of independent profiles. You can just punch in your ETH domain and it'll pull up your transaction history. It'll show your NFTs. Um, if you have your Twitter account connected to ENS, it'll pull in your tweets and display your tweets kind of like as part of the feed. Um, and it's just like a social profile that shows everything you're doing 
in Web3, like in crypto. Um, so it's starting oh, awesome. there and then eventually we'll be able to mash those feeds together. Oh, that's, I feel that that's, I've never heard or seen anything like that because I feel with crypto having an element transparency transparency is what makes it so unique and i feel that people can mm -hmm. not necessarily lie about what they've done but in the early days when people weren't 100 percent sure on how to confirm what people had done you just almost had to take their word for it if you didn't know their address or something so i think that's an amazing way to yep. verify people and communicate like oh you're on three bro can i just check you know and you can really verify that it's that person so i think that's awesome that you've created that <laughs> could you go into a bit about the colors yeah, and i think, I think that is insane ah <laughs> uh. Yeah, the colors is like this. I just had this random insight a long time ago, you know, being a developer, like I've worked with like uh, HTML, like when you build websites, you work with it's called CSS. And there's, you know, when you make a color on the internet, um, it has this code. So like the color black is like all zeros. And the color white is all the letter F. And I realized that an Ethereum address and colors on the internet, they share the same characters like uh, A through F and zero through nine are the only characters in a color. And they're the only characters in an Ethereum address. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to like to display an Ethereum address in color? And so I came up with this little algorithm that creates colors out of your Ethereum address. And so, and I call it stripes because it creates these these fourteen colors that I that are called stripes. And stripes reminded me of a zebra. And uh, I'm this is Web three, so that's why I called it Threebra. I. Love that. And I'm going to be doing that straight after this because I think what people love about NFTs is it can be personal to you because everyone wants an NFT that looks like them. They're like, oh, does this like, I don't know, dead fellas like have red <laughs> hair and like a pink t-shirt because I like those things, you know? So I feel that getting yeah. your own personalized colors is something that I really hope I see that throughout Web3 because I feel like that's something that could really take off. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know. I could see anybody. Did... I, I I like wrote it as a blog post where like anybody can use this simple algorithm to to add color. So any company that knows your Ethereum address could also, or any project, could display your stripes and your colors. So I I too would hope that we start seeing these colors all over all over Web three. I think that'd be awesome. That's insane. What what kind of future are you hoping for three? But like, what would be like your ideal dream for this to become? Big question. Um, there. Thank you. Five like, year you know, plan. When I started it, I really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's uh. Yeah, I don't have a five-year plan for my life, let alone uh, in crypto. Me neither. Uh, I don't but, know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. Oh man. No. But if I did, uh, it would be something like it's the beginnings of like a social network. But really, it's really mm -hmm. like a playground for me to play with Web three and and tinker with these new technologies. But the idea of like following other people and being able to see like if there's some NFT collector that you really admire, you could follow their trades and see what NFTs they're collecting, be notified about it when you're, when this person like bought something and you could jump into and like be part of it and really kind of make crypto more social. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I hope Threeper gets there. That would be amazing. Cause I feel that that's one of the weak spots of web three is I think the social side is great, but when you're keeping yourself safe on the internet and just trying to confirm who people are and just, there's a lot of amazing thing that, things that can be created, but I feel a lot of people are abusing the system a little, and I feel that could be an antidote for it. And do you think this may be yeah. why NFTs are so controversial is because a lot of people hear about the scams and not so much about like things that you're creating where you're creating more of a social platform and people can really get involved with common interests? And what do you think about essentially yeah. the controversy? You know, the, media, the media loves doom and gloom. 
And so that's, oh, you yeah. just see so much doom and gloom around crypto and because it creates more clicks. Um, and I think also people see the big money around the JPEGs and it's, it's such like a weird concept to think like there's multi-million dollar monkeys on JPEGs on the internet. Like I, I understand how weird that sounds too. Um, but there is so much other cool stuff happening and it's just, just the beginning of it. Oh no, I definitely agree. And I feel, as you were saying, there are like these energy surges and cycles and what yeah. are your, I know it's absolutely impossible to answer this question, but if you had to take a shot in the dark, what uh -huh. do you think is the next sort of step for NFTs? Where do you think it's going? I really, I, I still, I try to think mostly through this lens of like the creators and what are creators going to do with NFTs? Um, this idea that like your Netflix account could be tokenized and held in your wallet and you could, you know how we are, we give people pa like access to our password, the login to Netflix. Well, maybe there'll be like an NFT, you'll hold your Netflix account and you'll be able to grant people access through your NFT. Um, there's just so much, so much room for innovation in the, and things that you can do with NFTs. Um, it's impossible to guess where it's going to go because creators are going to do whatever they want with it, which is, that's the coolest and best part. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do just like everyone else is. Exactly. And I agree. And like, I feel that from a creator's perspective, there is so far that it can go like it can, there's a multitude of angles that this could be taken. And I feel, as you said, it's personal to whoever's decided to take on this sort of NFT journey without sounding too hippy dippy there. But I also feel yeah. NFTs, the utility that they can hold. So like, from a practical sense, this is going to sound a bit boring, but if you have mm. like a ticket or like a document, yeah. then because it has a code online, then it can really be verified, which I think that is a piece of utility, which really will be taken into everyone's day to day, maybe without them realizing. Speaking of sort of like NFTs verification, have you ever been rugged before in the space? Have you ever thought, ah, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll click on this like weird NFT and then just all hell breaks loose. Has that ever happened or have you been pretty safe? Uh, not in that regard. There have been some NFT projects where like the creators disappeared. Um, I learned some good lessons with that. Like people called it a rug, but really like I thought the creators just didn't want, didn't like the community that was growing around it and they disappeared and they, everyone called it a rug, but really like mm -hmm. they had the NFTs. It was in their wallet. I don't see how that's a rug. Um, I'm really careful with my wallets though. I create, I use a hot wallet for like, for kind of degening into all this random stuff and connecting to websites that I shouldn't be connecting to. I keep only a tiny bit of Ethereum in that wallet. Um, and then I have a vault where I like, you know, store my, my valuable JPEGs, so to speak. Um, and I'm very careful about that. So I haven't exactly gotten like hacked or something like that. And it's, you know, you want to be able to experiment and you need a good way to do that without feeling like you're going to get robbed every time you click a button. Mm -hmm. So I think having those separate wallets um, is really important. Oh, no, definitely. And I feel that that's like not many people who would be new to the industry would know that. It's that that's kind of basic NFT etiquette is just to keep yourself safe. Like no. prevention is key. Like there's always going to be dangers in any aspect that you do. I just feel NFTs especially get a bad name because finances are involved. Um, yeah. I think that's an excellent piece of advice for people. So thank you. We're going to make that probably the, the key quote of today's episode is just like, just, just nice. be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just coming up to like the end of the podcast, is there anything you want to finish on? Anything you want to say? Um, you know, I just, I like to remind people, a lot of people come into the market during the bull market, like the bull market attracts new, new people to it. 
Everyone, everyone joins crypto at the wrong time. I joined at the, the wrong time in, in November 2013. We were at the top, right? Me so too. everyone joins at the wrong time because that's what attracts people. And that's okay. You know, you learn from that. We go through these cycles. Um, and just to remember that like now is when the money is made. Like when everyone is, you know, thinking that it's the end, this is when you should start dollar cost averaging back in and maybe setting some goals for the next cycle. You know, if there, and a concrete goal, not a money goal, like not a number, maybe like a car or like a, a house that you want to buy or something very specific that you want. And if and when your portfolio reaches that number, capture it, man, capture that goal. And you, you'll never you'll never be mad with yourself, even if the market keeps going up or whatever. You'll never be mad that you like accomplished your goal. Like it's hard to get mad about that. And I think that's a good way, a healthy way to approach uh, these cycles that we go through. No, I think that's. Excellent advice, because when you pick a number, you can say, oh, I could go higher. But as you're saying, if it's a tangible goal, yeah. then when you hit it, you could be proud of yourself. I think that's brilliant advice to yes. end on. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for your time and all the amazing advice. There's been some real nuggets of golden information in this podcast. Um, but everyone, please make sure to check out Gabs's channels. I'm going to leave them in the description box down below, and we will see you in the next pod. Thank you, guys. Sounds Bye -bye. good.